What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey guys, how are you? Good morning. It's Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca. You know what that means. It is another episode of Unpolished Therapy. We are meeting at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where our wheels and yours are getting spun upside down. What's up, Dr. B? What's good? Everything's good. I am doing great. It's been an awesome week. As everybody has seen, I was up in New York for a wedding. Not only was it a wedding of my dear friend and dearest friend, but I officiated the wedding, as you saw in the reels. I do have to do some... I don't know. I have to tell everybody about it because it was just so phenomenal. And then, you know, came home and jury duty and things like that. But the wedding was phenomenal that that rush is still taking over and I'm riding that wave. I think that's amazing. Because you put the reel on social media, and for some of the listeners out there, they're like real, like if they're anything like us, I guess they're like (laughs) real, R-E-A-L or R-E-E-L, which let me take that back. If they are anything like us, they wouldn't have thought R-E-E-L because they wouldn't know what that means. But because in today's world of technology, a reel from what we're learning, R-E-E-L, is like, I guess, a little video clip that kind of attracts the people who are spending time on their phones, paying attention to Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or all that fun stuff. So I thought it would be fun today if we record our podcast, but also kind of put this on our Instagram so that if people want to see at least your beautiful face, I'm like, I'm I'm homeless as always. Um, But that maybe we could kind of stick to our guns of what we said about communicating with our audience live or in in some type of capacity different from what we've been doing some of the other seasons and kind of see what happens. We're just shooting from the hip and we're testing the waters. But I do think as the episodes and the seasons go on, we're going to have a lot more fun with that because we're going to have that engagement. I And I hope so. And I think it's important that I am that person that it has never been R-E-E-L. It's always been R-E-A-L. And so when I was away and doing these R-E-E-Ls, I tried to stay as real with an A as possible, but I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. And so I want to put that out to our audience now. Anything that Rachel and I are doing on social media, if it sounds awful, we look awful, we're like literally on the streets with our shoes off, holding them in our hand. I mean, all of that is just us being as our unpolished, authentic, genuine selves. And we will try our best to improve it each and every week and each and every time we do it. But please bear with us. It's part of who we are. And we are going to defy the stigma of our age category, I guess, for lack of a better word. And we're going to figure this out because I really would love to see where we can go with our audience on both platforms. Well, alrighty then. I'm on live. I'm waiting for Dr. Boca to pop on so I can invite her on to... up oh, there she is. She just joined. I'm going to wave at her. And I think I'm somewhere. You are. I see you. I see you. Can you ask me if you want oh, to... to join? Yep. You yep. click that. Okay. I'm clicking, but nothing's happening. It will. Give it a sec. Hmm. Oh, request. Okay. Send request. Okay. Yep. Here's the request. Go live with Lori. 
Oh my hold goodness. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here she comes, everybody. Everybody, there's like nobody watching. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Oh, I'm so glad we figured this out again. I'm so happy. Hello. Is the one, per- is the one person watching me? Um, I'm not sure, but let's just wait and say. Let's just wait and say. So I would lower all of your volumes. I have my or your vol- phone volume down. Oh, my phone volume. Yeah. So alrighty. Like I'm so excited uh. to be doing this. I can't even believe I'm doing this, but I know that everybody watched all these reels that I did, which I don't actually know what I'm doing on the reels, but I felt like I left everybody hanging. I know. Well, I think you even left me hanging because even though I knew that you were going to officiate a wedding, I don't even understand the details on that because I didn't like, can anyone officiate a wedding? If there is anyone who's going to watch this thereafter, we want you to know that we are on the corner of audacity and advice right now. This is the corner of audacity. And Dr. Boca, you're on the corner of advice. And now because of the metaverse, we've kind of collided and we're breaking down the wreckage. And the wreckage today that we're talking about is the fact that you officiated a wedding. like You actually were responsible for two human beings binding their hearts and souls together in holy matrimony. I mean, scary shit. And literally when they asked me to do this, I was like, do you know what you're fucking doing? Like I drop the F-bomb every two seconds. Like there's got to be somebody out there better than me to officiate this wedding. And these two people were like, no, no, you've been through all of this with us. Like there's nobody else that we would want to do this. And we know you're going to do an amazing job. And I was like, oh my God, the pressure. But I did it. And it was phenomenal. It was such an amazing experience. So to answer the initial question that you asked, so I always thought it was like a notary who could do it. Like if you're a notary or certain certifications that you have, if you're clergy or something like that, of course you can do it. But my husband many years ago went online and he became a Dudist priest, which is like an online page that you can... Is that different from a Judist priest? I think it's it's a little (laughs) different. And like... I think anybody can become a Judas priest, even if you're Judas. And so he's married two people. um, Are they still married? That's a good question. Both of them are still married, which I think is very impressive. So I have to like beat his record, even though I know I'm never going to be officiating another wedding. You might be. What if you officiate my wedding? I would love that. Would you invite me to future wedding? I would love that. I might. I mean, if we're still going strong with the podcast, then yeah. I mean, listen, the track record that I have on my end you'll beat any of it because interestingly enough, and for those of you out there, and I'm cracking up because we still have like <laughs> nobody watching, which, but we're saving this video and we're going to repost it because I'll be damned if we don't get more viewers. But when you're Jewish and you get married and you sign a ketubah, which is for those of you out there who aren't Jewish, it's like the legal document in Judaism that bounds... Oh my God, we have someone watching. Oh my God. <laughs> Yay, we have someone watching. But what I was saying is, so when I got married, you have the bride and the groom and the rabbi who's marrying you, I believe, signs it. And then you get a few witnesses and the groom gaggles up a couple friends and the bride does as well. So I'm just here to tell you that my track record is a big fat O for five or six because I'm now divorced. And the, the person who my ex-husband had signed was married at the time. He got divorced. And the person that signed for me, my best friend at the time, she was married. She got divorced. So That's with that, so interesting. you can <laughs> definitely be the person who marries me the next go around if you'd like. If I want to get divorced, apparently. Well, no, I no, 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 no. <laughs> because 
listen, second time around, third time around, we're going for gold. Okay. So I have to think about who signed my two ketubas, but I do believe one is definitely divorced and remarried who signed for me on both of my ketubas. Okay. Um, which I think that was a sin in and of itself to put the same witness on both of them. But that just leads me to two interesting things that came out of this is the witnesses. So let me take a step back. This family that got married, let me set the stage of this. So this is my oldest friend. I've known her for, I'm going to say I'm 26, but I'm not. But I've known her literally since the day I came out. Do you have a filter on your Instagram then? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I was trying to figure out if there was a way to do it live. I I think, I don't know. I don't don't know. I think there might be, but I don't know. I'll have to ask my kids. So anyway, I've known her literally since I came out of the womb. And our families were best friends. And fast forward, we moved down to Florida. My parents got divorced. My father passed away. Her parents stayed married, but our family stayed very, very close. Her mother passed away. And now, many, many years later, my mother and her father are a couple. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've been living together in sin for like eight or nine years. So, not only is she my best friend and my oldest friend, but she is now a pseudo stepsister, like these people, my my mom's old, she's not getting remarried, but it's the closest thing you could have. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to like paint that picture. Then on top of that, this is the husband's, the new husband. It is his third marriage and it is my friend's second marriage. Okay. It's a lot of marriages. It's a lot of marriages. If you A achieve. lot of ketub has gone down <laughs> the tube. <laughs> a lot of ketubas and a lot of drama that comes with it. Mm-hmm. So... Neither one of them were ever going to get remarried. It was kind of like this sure bet. Neither of them were ever doing it again. Like burned once, burned twice. You know, how many times are you going to burn, get burned? And then they went through a very unfortunate tragedy this year. My best friend's daughter passed away suddenly. And so in the process of them grieving and going through this, they kind of realized that they would like to commit their lives to one another. Mm-hmm. On top of that... There had been that's not enough. No, there's not. That's not enough. There had been a lot of drama around the divorce of my best friends with her ex husband, and subsequently over the years, they have gone from worst enemies to very good friends to the point where he has remarried. He has a four year old daughter, and the wife and he hang out with my best friend and her partner, now husband. So it was a mishmash of relationships that had basically formed over the years that had ebbed and flowed. And there was a part in the wedding where I actually said, like, I'm kind of taken aback and just like mesmerized. That was probably not the word I used, but I used something like that about how many different ways people's lives have been impacted by this marriage. And I said, exes have become friends. So her ex-husband and she are now friends. I said, friends have become lovers, my mother and her father. Best friends have become sisters, me and her. And this entire group of people that they brought together for this ceremony have really become their family. The actual ceremony was only like 25 people, which I kind of like, you know, seriously, Dean and Tom, like if I'm going to marry you, I want a fucking audience. 25 people, not so many people there. You know, I know it was special for them, but like if my one time I wanted my moment, we'll move past that. Okay. So that to me was the beauty of this entire experience. They did it in their backyard under a tree that they had dedicated to their daughter. And the tree had a lot of symbolism to it and a lot of different 
things that basically attracted them to the tree when they picked it up. They felt like it was really a sign from their daughter saying, pick this tree. So they got married underneath it. It was beautiful. And even so much so that the tree's leaves are in the shape of a heart. So if they had missed all the other clues that their daughter was sending to them. So Mm -hmm. we spoke about that. This one was like, her heart is right here showering Mm -hmm. over them all the time. It was gorgeous. Well, they planted the fucking tree in the middle of the sun. Okay, so everybody else was in the shade. My ass, who was doing all the work, you know, all they had to do was like say their vows and say, I do. I had to like talk and blah, blah, blah. I was in the sun. When I tell you, I was dripping like beyond. And all I could think about is, oh my God, I am going to have butt sweat. That's all I could think about the entire ceremony. I'm going to have butt sweat. I'm going to have butt sweat. And I purposely did not wear like, you know, how I am with fabrics that I don't understand the names of them, but the ones that you can't get the wrinkles out of that Remy Brooke, you know, like linen. No, 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 no. That like silky material, like chiffon, like okay. charmeuse, oh, chiffon, whatever, charmeuse, like that, yeah. you know, that whatever Remy Brooke is usually made out of. So I purposely didn't wear that because I was like, you sweating that. And now you have like a permanent stain there, like not doing that. So I found this like interesting dress and it was very hard. Um, if Dina and Tom are listening to this, it is very hard to find a dress where you're officiating the wedding. And then your reception is at the local bar that they like rented out the whole outside to because you don't want to be overdressed for the bar, but you don't want to be underdressed for the ceremony. So I stressed about it. I think I did okay. It was a, I don't even remember what designer it was, but it was like a denim color woven fabric with fringes and cutouts. So if you hadn't seen it, you saw me on live or you can go look on social media, you'll see the dress and you guys can tell me if you liked it or didn't like it. You know, if you could see my butt sweat or not see my butt sweat. I'm just going to jump in to tell you that I saw the dress. I saw it on the post that you had made. I certainly am happy to report. I didn't see any butt sweat at all. I wouldn't love the dress. I mean, I, you've done better. I didn't love it, but where my head is going right now is that for the important role that you had of marrying these two human beings together, the fact that that you just admitted live to our zero listeners. One, there's one. I can't tell. Oh, she might have unjoined. Yeah, I'm not sure. If anyone's out there, shout us out, give us a comment, let us know that you're here. But that what was on your mind, and now we can tell how unpolished you really are, Dr. Boca, is that you are more concerned with the sweat happening or not happening than you were about this holy matrimony and this beautiful ceremony that you were now the officiant of. So yes and no. I had written it and gone over it and practiced it with Dina for days. I was up there three or four days ahead of time. I had already gone up there in July and we had gone over all of it. So I felt like I could kind of just do it in my sleep at this point, even though it was beautiful and amazing. It wasn't really for me at this moment. It was for the people who didn't know about it. Okay. Right. But it sounds as though you put more effort into the dress rehearsals than you did into the main performance. You're totally shaming me here, aren't you? (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to now have to reevaluate if at my future wedding... We won't do a rehearsal and then it will be like in vivo first time and it will be... Okay. And there'll be air conditioning. I'm pretty sure there's going to be air conditioning. Okay. So my distraction, look, it's how my brain works. It's like whatever. And I just wanted to make sure. Butt sweat Mm -hmm. is like an embarrassing thing. I'm being honest here. 
what I got out of though the story, which I, I'm not kidding now. I, I mean no, I know. about the overlap of the families and how this became that and that became this and he became she and you know all that. I know. Oh, there's about more pronouns. about that he she okay. thing that but I have to tell I, you. I, it's not just that Venn diagram where there's overlaps. It sounds as though what ended up happening from the initial Venn diagram is that it became such concentric circles yeah. with everyone. I'm not joking. Like it sounds so beautiful. And I think it's amazing. Not only that, again, I mean, I kind of say tongue in cheek, I can't believe you were the officiant, <laughs> but it is so nice that you're really not an observer. You you were one of the ballers. You're a huge player. But you know, besides being the husband or the wife in this whole production, you had a you you had a lead role not just from the standpoint of officiating the ceremony, but in your life practice with them as friends and now family. So Mazel Tov. Thank you. you. And that was beautifully said. And yes, that was exactly it. And so my feelings with them during the moment were very much there, even though I was worrying about my butt crack. Um, and did anyone cry? Are you like a crier at weddings? Do you like, how do you feel about that? I'm going to say you're not. Yeah, I'm not a cry. But I will say Mm -hmm. at the reception, they did a tribute to their daughter. Mm. And that and seeing the four of them up there, well, actually the five, because her sister was up there also. And so it was the two parents that now the two step parents and right. the sister were all up there. That's when I got teary for sure. Yeah. Because the daughter was like one of my daughters. I, yeah. I mean, I've literally known her forever. So yeah. that being said, where this gets even more unpolished as if my butt sweat wasn't unpolished enough and the fact that we didn't like the dress and the fact that we didn't follow the service and weren't in it in the moment. Okay. Like, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. This was fascinating and phenomenal. So Dina and I were discussing, like you said, on the ketubah, you need to have signatures and witnesses for the marriage license. So Mm -hmm. I was like, who are they going to be? And she was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And so we were going through it and we came up with the solution that it was going to be her ex-husband and his wife, which I thought was fucking amazing. The two of them had been through so much together mm-hmm. that why wouldn't they do this and, you know, the bond that they shared. So it was a beautiful moment where we acknowledged how unusual it was, mm-hmm. but how very special it was. Along those same lines, the ex-husband's daughter, the, the new daughter, the four-year-old, she was a flower girl with Tom, the new husband's granddaughter. Oh, that's sweet. And it was beautiful. It really was beautiful. Although not the granddaughter, the daughter. She was very reluctant to give Dina the ring or give Tom the ring that she was giving because she wanted it herself. (laughs) So it was very, very sweet. Now, where it got really unpolished was at the actual party or reception. I had put together a certificate of recognition for perfect attendance for a couple that attended all three of Tom's mm-hmm. weddings. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was like the moment, you know, it's like you have been a faithful, loyal friend that you've attended all three of them. And you are the only person here that has attended all three of Tom's weddings. So it was fun. It was filled with every emotion under the sun. It was mm-hmm. really an intimate moment surrounded by just the closest family, mostly family, maybe like two or three friends, surrounded by the tree for her daughter, bringing together all of these different relationships, and then going and celebrating at their favorite place, 
with their favorite band. It was like the band that works at the bar one day a week that they fell in love with. And they learned two of the songs just so that they could sing it at the wedding for Dina and Tom. Tom didn't want a cake. So he wanted me to go to like their version of Publix and get a strawberry shortcake, which I'm like, strawberry shortcake as a wedding cake. Like, no, anything in fruit is not cake, right? So I went and got them made a three-tier cake and we surprised Tom with the top tier being strawberry shortcake. So okay. he got that. Children's- compromise. See, th- there you go. Exactly. That's the key to marriage. Compromise. It is. It is. It really is. And um, and he was he was a good sport about it. He wanted a four-minute ceremony. We had a long talk. I said, Tom, I said, listen, I promise you it's not going to be an hour, but you got to let me have my moment. Like, you just have to. Mm-hmm. So we compromised. And he didn't know how long it was going to be. But it was like the perfect length other than the sun beating down on me. And it was just amazing. And I just had to, I have to say one more thing. Not only are, and I said this in the wedding, not only are they the true definition of like love, it exudes from them. They've gone through the depths of hell together and they came out fighting together, not fighting each other, but fighting Mm -hmm. together, holding hands stronger than they've ever been. And they can laugh. It is unbelievable. The laughter that the two of them have day in and day out. I mean, to the point where we're crying, laughing so hard. It is such a beautiful thing to be able to see her after all this, all that she's gone through, to find that smile again and to know that they can still transcend, mm-hmm. you know, that loss and that horrific, horrific experience that they went through to transcend that because they have one another. And it is to be in their energy is beautiful. And it was truly my biggest privilege to be able to have the opportunity to bring them together and celebrate them. And of course, I had to put in my special touch and the cake topper that said fucking finally. But Mm. all things considered, Mm. like it was really, I don't care how much you spend on a party planner doing it at the nicest resort, spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. This was done in such a meaningful, in such a loving, in such a caring, in such a intimate way that it blew literally any wedding that I'd ever been to out of the water. Not because I officiated it, and that's mm-hmm. the God's honest truth. It really was just something special. That's awesome. Well, yeah. congratulations to everyone. And I think that that's a high bar too for anyone out there who's planning to get married. I mean, there's so many lessons, I think, in your story, Dr. Boca. But I think the number one lesson is, is that less is more when your heart is full. And how about that? I just pulled that that out of my ass. But (laughs) Your sweaty um, ass or just your ass? No, I mean, because I'm not officiating anything right now and I am in air conditioning. But that it isn't about all the hustle and bustle and the fancy schmancy. And maybe, you know, again, I I don't want to sell the negative, but maybe the beauty out of getting a second shot or a third shot, in in Tom's case at least, is that the lessons you learn from the first or second go-round that you realize that it's about keeping things simple because the simple things in life really are the most beautiful and they're really what's valued most that I guess in the aggregate, we take for granted, we forget. While I don't wish any deep, dark depths of horribleness, as you mentioned, peripherally with anyone, sometimes those dark moments is what it takes to really appreciate the light and the beauty of the simplest, simplest little things. So bravo. 
And that was so well said. And I think, you know, I think the rat race of the day and living in environments where you and I live and in, you know, caught up in the hustle and bustle and keeping up with the Joneses and status and all of that, we forget in those moments really what is most important. And you are absolutely right. I think that's what made it so beautiful is that they didn't get caught up in it and they didn't care. And it was just going to be, I mean, literally the day before I looked at her eyebrows and I'm like, sweetheart, you have to wax those. I mean, that is just not okay. And she's like, how did you not tell me beforehand? I'm like, we're discussing it right now. I took her to go get waxed. There are some things that are important. I just well, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. There are some things that are just non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. There's pictures and you still want to look beautiful and all that. But they weren't keeping up with the Joneses because it Correct. sounded like they are the Joneses. They are. How fabulous would it be if their last name really was Jones? <laughs> it is not. But it is, I am so happy for them and really wish them a lifetime of happiness. And it's the one marriage that I know and I don't have to be worried about, right? Like I'm, I, sometimes you get worried about some of your yeah. friends, you know, that the vulnerability of it and the, or the fragility of it is a better word. I don't worry about them at all. And Dina's, I'm going to be able to watch this one because I will be in the nursing home with Dina peeing in our pants together because if we've made it 47 years, why couldn't we make it the whole go? So, um, yeah. So you can come visit, Rach, and make us laugh. I will. That's so great. I'm so happy to hear that. And I hope that, you know, our listeners on our Wednesdays, I hope that they'll hear this story and they'll smile from ear to ear. And they also, too, in some way through the metaverse, will wish Tom and Dina the same well wishes that I am wishing them right now. And on our little experiment here on Instagram Live, we do want to let our regular listeners know on Wednesday that we're holding true to our word. And we are trying to jump on Instagram every so often to kind of recap episodes that we've talked about on our regular podcast to kind of answer questions, to have you engage with us and jump on with us. So the proof is in the pudding. If you guys have comments or questions or concerns, or you want to just be involved the way that Dr. Boca has basically taken this beautiful wedding of her two friends, one her dearest, oldest friends, and she's kind of now made it her own because she (laughs) was on stage and that's kind of what she does. Then we want you to be a part of that with us too and jump on on the corner of audacity and advice where Dr. Boca and I break down the wreckage. Today, we're breaking down the wreckage of the fact that it's hard for me to even say it without laughing that Dr. Boga officiated a wedding up north of her dearest, oldest friend and the love of her dearest, oldest friend's life as well. I will mention too, because I did focus a little bit on, on the reels you posted on social media while you were up there, is a prerequisite to being an officiator at a wedding, Dr. Boca, like that really big Bible book thing. Like, <laughs> Is there anything even in that? Or is that a prop? Or like, what's the story with that? So I think there's this feeling that when you don't have a podium per se, you have Uh to look and be organized, right? And you know that is not my expertise. In my old age, I'm no longer type A. So yeah, I went around... Here I thought I was being so prepared now that you hit a vulnerability of mine. I thought I was being so prepared. I printed everything out. I got those plastic sheet thingies and stuck them in there, double-sided. It was like perfect. Page protectors. Those things. Because I'm like (laughs) flying with it. I wouldn't want the service. We get up there and she's like, oh, I want to change this and I want to change this. I'm like, oh my God, you can't be changing this stuff because now I have to print it out and take each page out. And I was like, this is what I get for being organized, right? But I will say that it does keep you 
organized and it's something to focus on and hold. And I kind of felt like a little bit priesty that way. Yeah. Like it, you looked important. I did. Yeah, I felt important. Like you had a role and that was your task and that was part of your shtick and you were sticking to it. Yeah. And you know what else it did? It hid the boob cleavage sweat. So it oh, was so another the, It win-win. didn't hide the butt crack sweat. Well, I couldn't put it behind it, me, could I, Rach? Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> that would You're be talented. But they didn't teach you that in graduate school, I guess. Nor, nor online when I got my online certificate to right. be this minister. So right. um, it was... Hi, well, Rachel, 3162. We so are unpolished. I am unpolished. It was an unpolished, beautiful event. Um, and they are loyal listeners of our show, Rach. And they have agreed at some point if our audience would want it to come on and to discuss how they went from point A to point B, how the four of them have become so incredibly close, how they've overcome the tragedies. There's so many things that they would speak about if anybody was interested. But honestly, whether they come and speak about any of this or don't, they are truly the epitome of love, laughter, class act. Well, she's not classy, but class acting, I love you for that. (laughs) And really, like I said in the service, we all should experience in our lifetime, if we have not already, a love that is as pure and beautiful and deep and meaningful as the truest love that they have. So it was I mean, short of like Whitney Houston, like rising from the dead to like now like close out this podcast. Or like Celine Dion or something like, I don't know how we're going to top that. So I feel like maybe that's where we just say that's a wrap because... (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to have to sing and that will totally make us lose the one person or the two people that are listening. So yes, we should close it up. But I just wanted to finish what I started maybe a little later than I had anticipated, but I I didn't want to leave everybody hanging. There goes that. And I look forward to... Whatever the future weddings are coming down the pipe, and maybe we can hire you, Dr. Boca. Maybe we can actually have the wedding on the corner of Audacity and Advice. Maybe we can do it on a Wednesday morning when we record our podcast, and we will break down that wreckage. (laughs) It'll be a laugh riot for sure. So for the people who are listening, or I should say, and also watching now on Instagram, we're going to check out. We're going to play this back and see like if it even took. If you have comments, concerns, questions, please reach out to us and let us know. It is something, as I mentioned, that we want to start to do more and more frequently so we can engage with our audience. And until next time, I suppose, Dr. Boca, thanks for meeting me here today on thanks. like this impromptu little recap of your wedding weekend. Thank you. And we'll figure out all the tech issues and not look so unpolished at some point, but we're staying true to ourselves. And we thank everybody for joining us. So thanks, Rach, for indulging. You're welcome. You're welcome. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.